0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذريته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلمت سيدنا كثيراً كثيراً وبعد بالله We have started the second day of the second Ashar of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us from His Maghfirah. Because we were able to, Alhamdulillah, finish the entry in the Tazkira Masha'iqi Chisht uh, with regards to the uh, prophetic seerah. Uh, inshallah, I thought we would switch books uh, for tonight uh, and read from uh, a book that we read from last year called the Kashul Mahjub. It's the oldest pre- Persian treatise on Sufism, uh, and it's also one of the oldest books on Sufism, period. And I caught some flack from my brothers who, uh, mashallah, their, uh, their, their turuq are predominantly, and their mashaykh are predominantly, predominantly Arabic speaking, uh, with regards to uh, mentioning something with reg- uh, with regards to tasawwuf, the formalized study of tasawwuf. Obviously, the reality of it comes from the Prophet, ﷺ, but saying that the formalized study of tasawwuf, actually, it's the, uh, uh, the Persian scholars. Uh, who uh, uh, were there uh, to write uh, Write about it and systematize it Almost from the very beginning So we mentioned this last year as well That, uh, that this Kashul Mahjub is uh, Contemporary to the Risala uh Which is also one of the oldest works on the Sof period And they say the Risala Qushariya is older than it But just by a couple of years uh, not by, Not by a whole lot which, uh, you know, a couple of years is not that much in the old days, given that things didn't spread quickly, uh, there was no electronic uh, media and whatnot. So, uh, the Kashrul Mahjub uh, uh, has a large section on the biographical entries uh, with, uh, with regards to the mashayif of the tariqah from the early times. Uh, and so there were a couple of names that uh, I wanted to uh, read the entries uh, about, because the Mention of the Salihin is an occasion of Rahmah coming down from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and also we should know that the chain uh, that that links us to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not broken. That uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba lived, and then like somewhere, uh, you know, a couple centuries later, your Amin Abu moved to America and then uh, or or whatever became Muslim if they already were here, and uh, you know, and then, bam, here you are now, reading about the Prophet وسلم, that there's a whole tradition and an establishment that, that links you to them, and all of those people are amazing and wonderful people. So the first entry uh, I wanted to read was about uh, Abu Ali, shaqiq bin Ibrahim uh, al-Azdi al-Balchi, rahimahullah tibarak ta'ala. Balkh is a, a, a city in Khorasan, uh, which was a geographical uh, region um, that that now I guess is partially in 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 uh, Iran, partially in Afghanistan, and partially in Tajikistan. Uh, um, and Balkh is in Afghanistan, and it was Balkh and Herat are both traditional centers of Islamic culture and civilization, and they were laid to waste by the Mongols. Uh, Balkh is where. Uh, where uh jalaluddin rumi is originally from and he actually fled the mongol invasion his father uh, actually fled the mongol invasion with him Uh, and so they moved from the city of Balkh to konya uh uh, which is the which was at that time a seljuk uh, center of power in anatolia uh and beyond the 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 reach of the, the the mongols and so he carried that tradition, that Eastern uh, tradition of Sufism, uh, from from Balch to from Balch to uh, um, to Anatolia, where now the modern nation state of Turkey is 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 located. Uh, and when we say that Eastern tradition or that Persian tradition, it doesn't mean that it originates there, but that those were people who are custodians of that tradition that were brought to those lands from the Sahaba, because Balkh is from the conquest of the the Salaf the Sahaba and the Tabi'een, radi Allah ta'ala anhum wa Allah al he was well versed in all of the sciences legal practical and theoretical meaning legal meaning the Sharia and the uh, uh the Sharia and the uh, and things like that the academic discursive sciences practical meaning uh, meaning how a person is supposed to go out about being a good Muslim in their day, and theoretical uh, meaning philosophy, and he composed many works on various branches of Sufism. He consorted with Ibrahim bin Adham and many other sheikhs. So, if you want to hear about Ibrahim bin Adham, you can go to the playlist for last year's uh, uh, late night majalis. We have a uh, we have a, 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 a nice uh, a recording with regards to his life. And Ibrahim bin Adham was the just to you know, show you that this is something that is connected to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi He was the uh, companion of both Imam Abu Hanifa and Fudayl bin Iyad, who was the companion of Abdul Wahid bin Zayd, who was the companion of Sayyidina al Hassan al Basri, who was the companion of Sayyidina Ali ta'ala anhu. Uh, so these people were not just, you know, they're not just goofed-out people smoke weed in a hippie camp somewhere outfield, and then, you know, you know, put up the peace sign and said peace and love with like, you know, tinted glasses on. Uh, rather, these were the these were the custodians of the prophetic tradition, uh, both his maqal and his ahwal, both in his uh, speech and in his uh, states. He consorted with Ibrahim bin Adham and many other mashaykh. It is related that he said. Allah has made the pious living in their death and has made the wicked dead in their living. It's related that he said, Allah has made the pious living in their death and he has made the wicked dead in their living. I.e., the pious, though they be dead, they yet live because the angels utter blessings on their piety until they are made immortal by the recompense which they receive at their resurrection. Hence, in the annihilation wrought by death, they subsist through the everlastingness of recompense, of being given the reward for what they do. Once an old man came to Shaqeek and said to him, O Sheik, I have sinned much and now wish to repent. Shaqeek said, You have come late. The old man answered, No, I have come soon. Whoever comes before he is dead comes soon, though he may have been long in coming. It is said that the uh, occasion of Shaqeek's uh, uh, taking the path of righteousness was that one year there was a famine in Balch and people were uh, driven to eating one another's flesh. While all the Muslims were bitterly distressed, Shaqeek saw a youth laughing and making merry in the bazaar, in the marketplace. The people said, Why do you laugh? Are you not ashamed to rejoice when everyone else is mourning? The youth said, I have no sorrow. I am the servant of a man who owns a village as his private property, and he has relieved me of all care for my livelihood. Shaqeek exclaimed, O Lord God, this youth rejoices so much at having a master who owns a single village. But you are the king of kings. You have promised to give us our daily bread, and nevertheless we have filled our hearts with all of this sorrow because we are engrossed with worldly things. He then turned to God and began to walk the path of the way of truth and never troubled himself again about his daily bread. Afterward, he used to say, I'm the student of a youth. I've learned everything that I've learned from him. And it is only his humility that led him to say this. Uh, we continue with the entry uh, uh, which you'll find on the many of the, sh- sh- the shajaras the, 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 the silsilas and shajaras of the mashaykh Abu Suleiman Abdurrahman bin Atiyah darani he was held in honor by the Sufis, as a, Sufis and was called the Rehane Dilha the sweet basil of the hearts uh, he was distinguished by his severe austerities and acts of Mujahada, his self-mortification He was versed in the science of time, ilmul waqt, and knowledge of the cankers of the soul, and kept a keen eye for its hidden snares. He spoke in subtle terms with regards to the practice of devotion and the the watch that should be kept over the heart and the limbs. Uh, It is related that he said, when hope predominates over fear, uh, one's time is spoiled, because time is the preservation of one's state, which is preserved only so long as one is possessed by fear. Uh, it is related that he said, when hope predominates over fear, one's time is wasted. Because time is the preservation of one's state, which is only preserved so long as one is possessed by fear. And this is the, the hikmah, the, the, the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It uses both targhib and tarhib. We become like, basically like uh, sycophantic devotees of the cult of positivity. And the fact of the matter is if positivity was only useful and negativity wasn't useful, then Allah Ta'ala would have no reason to have created Jahannam. Uh, rather, Jahannam itself is a mercy of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala because the person who has fear by the barakah of that Jahannam, look how many people took the path of righteousness and how many people took the path of uh, Allah Ta'ala's wilayah and how many people saved themselves from disgrace uh, through a life of sin that wouldn't have existed if the fear of Allah Ta'ala wasn't there. And so he said that when hope predominates over fear, one's time is spoiled because time is the preservation of one's state, which is preserved only so long as one is possessed by fear. If a person is murji'i, that they, just, they know that Jannah is made for them, then they're not going to do anything to better themselves and they're not going to watch over the state of their, of their, of their soul. And this is unfortunately what we reduced uh, our Islam to, this kind of mega-church uh, Islam. Uh, where everything is completely the cult of positivity and going easy on yourself because of which people have wasted their time. And look how has it worked out for the Nasara. Those Nasara that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa warned us that we will f- follow their, uh, we'll follow follow them uh, uh, hands-breadth by hands-breadth to the point where if they had gone into a lizard hole, we would have also gone into the same lizard hole just because they went into it. Uh, their churches are completely dominated by positivity and they they forbid their uh, preachers and pastors from uh, telling people about God's punishment, uh, and they aslan believe that they have uh, everything made just because of uh, uh, whatever accepting faith, and their churches are empty, and their uh, uh, their people have no motivation to do good deeds. And because of that, they've engrossed themselves in a type of strange sin which uh, makes the heart into a, a rock and leads into atheism. In fact, such an atheism that the world has never seen atheism like it. If, on the other hand, fear predominates over hope, belief in unity or tohid is lost in as much as excessive fear springs from despair, and despair in God is itself shirk. So he said that what if a person, the, the fear dominates them too much, The person gives up hope because a person's salvation is not pinned on their own work, rather it's pinned on their uh, belief in Allah Ta'ala and His help and His ability to pull you through what is otherwise a dire set of circumstances. And so he said that when uh, uh, fear predominates over hope, belief in Allah's tawheed is lost inasmuch as excessive fear springs from despair and despair of God is shirk. Accordingly, the maintenance of belief in Unity consists in right hope and the maintenance of time is in, uh, in right fear. And both are maintained when hope and fear are equal. Maintenance of belief in unity in Tawheed makes one a believer, a mu'min. While maintenance of time makes one pious, muti'ah, pious and, 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 and dutiful to Allah Ta'ala. Hope is connected entirely with contemplation, mushahada, which is uh, involved in firm conviction, i'tiqad. And fear is connected entirely with, 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 with purgation, with mujahada, struggling against the self, uh, in which is inv- involved an anxious uncertainty, at-tirab. This is a really dense material. It's, inshallah, we'll read that again. It says, accordingly, the maintenance uh, of belief in tawheed consists in right hope and the maintenance of time in right fear. Meaning your, your, your time is only used properly when you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your uh, iman is only... Uh, preserved when you uh, uh, keep hope in Allah. Ta'ala Hope is connected entirely with contemplation, mushahada, uh, uh, and in which is involved a firm conviction, it is A'tiqad is what that your heart should be pinned down on something. Your heart doesn't move from it, uh, and that's that's the uh, um, the the same root that the word akidah comes from. So, inshallah uh, make dua that the uh, the project goes well. Just a little side. Request for dua, mashallah. mashallah. Uh, uh, So, hope is connected entirely with contemplation, mushahada, in which is involved a firm conviction, i'tiqad, that your heart should be pinned down on it and not move. Fear is connected entirely with mujahada, right? Mujahada, purgation, self mortification, struggling against the self, right? So, mujahada and mushahada are like two uh, opposite sides, they're like heads and tails on the same coin. Right, because mujahada is vigorous movement; it's fear, it's 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 struggle. Whereas mushahada is peaceful contemplation. Mujahada is the archetype of the vicar that's said out loud, and mushahada is the archetype of the vicar that's uh, quiet and that's not said at all. Rather, it's heard, uh, whether through the ears or uh, even more deeply inside of the heart. Uh, so he says that fear is connected entirely with purgation mujahada which is involved in an anxious uncertainty ittirab so ittirab is what anxious uncertainty it's the opposite of i'tiqad is to be stuck on something firm and unmovable uh, completely unmovable uh, whereas ittirab is what is is not being uh, not being comfortable in any place uh, constantly uh, with anxiety and with uncertainty Uh, to move from one thing to another the contemplation is a fruit of purgation The mushahada is the fruit of mujahada struggle against yourself and you will be able to reach the, the 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 state of contemplation contemplation is a fruit of purgation or to express the same idea differently every hope is produced by despair When a man on account of his actions despairs of his future welfare, that despair shows him the way to salvation and welfare and divine mercy and opens for him the doors of happiness and clears away sensual corruptions from his heart and reveals to it divine mysteries. Ahmed bin Abul Hawari relates that one night when he was praying in private, he felt great pleasure. The next day he told Abu Sulaiman, who replied, You are a weak man, for you still have mankind in view. Uh, so that you are uh, one uh, thing in private and another thing in public. There is nothing in the two worlds that is sufficiently important to hold a man back from God. When a bride is unveiled to the people, the reason is that everyone may see her and she may be honored the more by being seen. But it is not proper that she should see anyone except for the bridegroom since she is disgraced by seeing anyone else. If all mankind should see the glory of a pious man's piety, he would suffer no harm. But if he sees his excellence in himself, then his piety is lost. There is nothing that is sufficiently important to hold a man back from God. When a bride is unveiled to the people, the reason is that everyone may see her and she may be honored the more through being seen. But it is not proper that she should see anyone except for the bridegroom. She shouldn't be looking around at the men just because everyone's looking at her doesn't mean she should be looking at oh this is mashallah this dude is like you know he's 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 looking quite quite fine today that's not the, that's not the way that, that that's supposed to work even amongst irreligious people obviously mashallah majority of people are going to be listening to late night uh, uh, majlis you know uh, they're they're going to have some hard barda in the in their uh, uh, in their wedding this is not a thick book okay he's trying to make an analogy so try to understand what he's saying. He said, There is nothing in the two worlds that is sufficiently important to hold a man back from God. When a bride is unveiled to the people, the reason is that everyone may see her and she may be honored the more through being seen. But it is not proper that she should see anyone but the bridegroom, since she is disgraced by seeing anyone else. If all of mankind should see the glory of a pious man's piety, he would suffer no harm. But if he sees the excellence of his own piety, he is lost. So we continue, inshallah, with another name that is a, a very important name that comes in the uh, the the Silsila of the uh, of the uh, uh, Abu uh, mm-hmm. Mahfuz, Ma'roof bin Firoz al al So uh, Ma'roof al Karhi is a uh, uh, anyway he'll he'll mention about him in the in the in the entry. He is one of the ancient principal sheikhs and was famed for his generosity and devoutness. Uh, this notice of him should be uh, should have come from earlier in the book, but I've placed it here in accordance to two venerable persons who wrote before me. One of them is the relator of traditions, and the other is an uh, independent uh, authority. I mean by them uh, Abu Abdurrahman Sulami, who, in his work, adopts the arrangement which I have followed, and the master uh, Imam Abdul Qasim Qushari, uh, uh the Sahib Risal Khushariya who has put the notice of ma'ruf in the same order in the introductory portion of his book. Uh, I have chosen this arrangement because ma'ruf was the master of Sariya sakati uh, and a disciple of Dawud al-Tha'i. So Sariya sakati is another individual that that we talked about uh, in uh, last year's uh, last year's late night majlis so you can listen to the uh, recording about that as well and he is the sheikh of Imam Junaid. Uh, who was the uh, Sayyid al-Ta'ifa, the master of the the the, the, the mashaykh of the tariqa? Um, so you can read about them. They're very important important people. So Ma'aruf al qarqi is the Sheikh of of uh, 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 of al-Saqati and the disciple of Dawud al-Ta'i, is the disciple of uh, 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 who's a disciple of Habib al-Ajami. Inshallah, we'll read his uh, entry at some other point. Inshallah, uh, so not spill spill you know what content we have right now. At first, Ma'roof was a non Muslim, but he made profession of Islam to Ali bin Musa al Rida, who held, who held him in the highest esteem. So, Ma'roof al qarhi was a, a convert to Islam, uh, uh, and uh, uh, he accepted Islam at the hands of Ali Ridha, the son of Musa Kadhim, uh, who uh, the Rawafid, Allah Ta'ala, guide them to something better than the deviance that they follow. Uh, they say that, that, that these two, Ali Ridha and, uh, and uh, Musa Qadim are their Imams. And the fact of the matter are, is that they were firmly established in the path of the Ahl-Sunnah Jama'a. Jama'ah. Uh, otherwise, uh, if they were uh, some sort of Imams of a different group, then their disciples, people like Maruf Al-Karhi, would have, uh, 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 would have uh, espoused the same... Uh, the same aqaid that, that, that those other deviant groups uh, uh, retroactively uh, 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 pin to pin to those great imams. But the fact of the matter is that they are great imams of the Ahlul bayt of the Prophet wasallam, And the fact of the matter is that they're also great imams of the Ahlul Sunnah. And uh, there's nothing to suggest that they followed a deen other than the deen of their forefathers uh, and the dean of the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala, anhum, that the dean of the Ahlul Bayt and the dean of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, is one. Uh, so, this is at, at first Ma'roof al Karhi was a non-Muslim, but then he made profession uh, of Islam to Ali bin Musa al who held him in the highest of esteem. It is related that he said, There are three signs of generosity: to keep faith without resistance, to praise without being incited thereto by liberality, and to give without being asked. And these are, these are, these are, uh, very beautiful uh, attributes. He said there are three signs of generosity. One is to keep faith without resistance meaning uh, 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 meaning not to expect things and the second is to uh, keep faith without expecting things from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are people who say, well I did this and I did that and Allah didn't do this for me and that to me for me and blah blah. The fact that you say La ilaha illallah uh, Muhammadur Rasulullah, there's, there's, there's nothing that anyone in this world did to justify being given that, much less anything else that they, that they got. Uh, um, and the second is what, is to praise without being incited thereto by liberality, that there are some people who will only give, uh, or they only help the person who gives to them, and so it's a type of reciprocity. Uh, that's not generosity at all, that's just being selfish. Um, and unfortunately, we live in that time where people will do that, people will not give uh, praise to another, except for if that person does something for them. And uh, that's, that's, that's uh, a, a very uh, unchivalrous and suboptimal characteristic in, in, in a believer. And the third is to uh, give without being asked. And this is another thing, you know, mashallah, I, I live life as a fundraiser. And so, uh, you know, don't get me started on this. If there's something that needs to be done for the Ummah of the Prophet wasallam. Uh, just get up and do it. You know, you don't need to wait until, you know, uh, some organization pays fifteen thousand dollars to book a hall in the Hilton, and whatever. I mean, stuff for a lot, man. This is the, this is this is a a huge, uh, you know, field of the ummah having gone through, you know, gone through the lizard hole uh, of the of the of the Nasara. I was sent, I was sent an article about how to make a a good fundraiser, and I work for, you know, I work for Islamic. Uh, organization, so you know they they also keep in touch with the fundraising there 's like a whole fundraising nonprofit like s- sector that non Muslims also engage in in fundraising as well so there 's an article how to make your fundraiser like wonderful and they 're like make a personal touch, make it a really uh, moving experience for the attendees like you know have you ever thought of having a bathroom concierge that hands a towel to the person when he comes out of the bathroom? And, uh, you know, if, if, if what you are seeking is urine and feces from people, then that makes a lot of sense. If it's the deen of Allah Ta'ala that somebody is doing uh, something in order to express their love for Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to make firm their faith and uh, have a face to show in front of Allah Ta'ala uh, on the Day of Judgment uh, when we ask for forgiveness, then uh, inshallah there's khair in the ummah as long as we don't need to get these bathroom attendants or whatever, maqama maqamahu. قام and Allah Ta'a help us, Allah Ta help us all. <laughs> so to, and the third is what? To give without being asked. In men, all of these qualities are merely borrowed. And, and in reality, they belong to Allah, who, act thus, who acts thus towards His servants. That all of these qualities Allah Ta'ala has with the servants. We borrow these qualities from Him. They belong only to Him, Jalla Allah. And this is a very fine example of the intersection of Tasawuf with Aqidah. Because the same... The same sentence is expressed in the books of Aqidah as well, uh, but in a very different context. This is how the Aqidah is dual use, both uh, in an academic uh, uh, sense and also in, in a spiritual sense. God keeps unresisting faith with those who love Him, and although they show resistance in keeping faith with Him, He only increases in His kindness toward them. The sign of God's keeping faith is that in eternity past He called His servant, to his presence without any good action on the part of his servant and that today he does not banish his servant on account of an evil action. He alone praises without the incitement of liberality for he has no need for the servant's actions. Nevertheless he extols him for a little thing that he has done. He alone gives without being asked for and he is generous and knows the state of everyone and fulfills his desire unasked accordingly when God gives a man grace and makes him noble and distinguishes him by his favor and acts toward him in the three ways mentioned above and when a man as far as lies in his power acts in the same way toward his fellow creatures then he is called generous and gets a reputation for generosity. Ibrahim a.s. the prophet possessed these three qualities in very uh, truth and I shall explain uh, all of that in its uh, proper place. So the last uh, the last uh, uh, entry I wanted to read uh, was that of Abu Abdurrahman Hatim bin Ulwan al-Asam. Hatim al-Asam is uh, uh, he'll mention about him uh, that he is the disciple of Shaqiq al-Balqi and also a very interesting a very interesting person in 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 our history. These are names we should know. Abu Sulaiman al-Darani, Shaqiq al-Balqi, uh, Ma'ruf al-Karkhi. Uh, these are people. We should know the, these people's names. The very mention of them is really—it's well, it's the occasion of rahma coming from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and uh, it's a, a a a description of the believer. The uh, uh, الذين جاءوا من بعدهم يقولون ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين bil بالإيمان the description of the believers in the Qur'an is the ones who come after the muhajirin and the ansar. They'll be the ones who say, Oh, our Lord, forgive us and forgive those who came before us in iman. And do not put in our hearts rancor toward the people who believe. رَبَّنَا إِنَّكَ oh, our Lord, indeed you are kind and merciful. Which is quite a damning indictment also against the creed of the Rawafid, which is completely set on the opposite of that. Um, but this is not a this is not a, a class of refutation um, i just warn people not to fall into that line of thinking of having a bad opinion of those who came before you uh, lest it undo all of your spiritual uh, all of your spiritual sacrifices and difficulties and hard work that you did to receive what you received uh, and it disgrace you and humiliate you in this world and the hereafter Abu Abdul Rahman Hatim bin Ulwan al assam he was one of the great men of Balkh and one of the ancient sheikhs of Khurasan. He was a disciple of shaqiq and the teacher of Ahmad uh, uh, Khudraway. He, uh, in all his circumstances from beginning to end, never once acted untruthfully. So that Junaid said about him, Hatim al-Assam is a voracious one of our time. Hatim al-Assam is the voracious one, the Siddiq of our time. Uh, and if Imam Junaid says that about a person, then that means something. Then that means something. He has lofty sayings on the subtleties uh, of discerning the cankers of the soul and the weaknesses of human nature, and is the author of a famous work on ethics, on the ilmul al mu'amalat, how people should deal with one another. Uh, meaning that what the tasawf, again, it's not something like, uh, it's not something different than the deen. Rather, the proper implementation of the Sharia and the Sunnah is, is uh, uh, it's, it's the veins that run through it. It is related that he said, "Lust is of three kinds: lust in eating, lust in speaking, and lust in looking. Guard your food by trust in Allah. Guard your tongue by telling the truth, and guard your eye by taking examples, uh, uh, taking examples uh, uh, from others." So hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam: The happy one is the one who learns from other people's misfortunes. When you see someone destroyed for uh, uh, something bad they did or bad choices that they made, uh, uh, you know, obviously make dua for them and whatever, but also your eye should be sharp enough to know that I don't want to be here, so I'm not going to go down that, that path that this person went down. Real trust in Allah proceeds from right knowledge. For those who know Him aright, have confidence that He will give them their daily bread And they speak and look with right knowledge so that their food and drink is only love and their speech is only ecstasy and their looking is only contemplation. There's a lot there. I'm not going to repeat it though. Accordingly, when they uh, know aright, they eat what is lawful and when they speak aright, they utter praise of Allah. And when they look aright, they behold Him, because no food is unlawful except for that which He is given and permits to be eaten, and no praise is rightly offered to anyone in the 18,000 worlds uh, except to Him. I don't even, inshallah, I guess when you get to like level 27, you'll figure out what that means. Uh, And it's not allowable to look on anything uh, in the universe except for His beauty and majesty. This reference to 18,000 worlds may be one of the mukashifat of the mashaykh or a reference to something else uh, to another uh, athar. Uh, but I, I am kind of drawing a blank right now. If any of the ulama listen to the bayan uh, and they can comment on what it is, uh, I'd, be happy to, uh, I'd be happy to take that and in, include it in, in a subsequent bayan. He says that he, says that he accordingly, when they know aright, they eat what is lawful. And when they speak aright, they utter praise of God. And when they look aright, they behold Him. Because no food is lawful except for what He has given and permits to be eaten. And no praise is rightly offered to anyone in the 18,000 worlds except for to Him. And it is not allowable to look on anything in the universe except His beauty and majesty. It is not lust when you receive food from Him and eat by His leave, or when you speak of Him by His leave, or when you see His actions by His leave. On the other hand, it is lust when of your own will you eat even lawful food or of your own will you speak even praise of Him or uh, f- of your own will you look even for the purpose of seeking guidance. Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah ta'ala have mercy on us. Uh, the path of the mashaykh was in the past was something that I think people we cannot imagine anymore. Um, and so people think that these are just fancy things that people used to say. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, they wouldn't have written these things um, in such detail if they weren't real experiences that they went through. And uh, this Keshful Mahjub, actually, one of the things that, uh, I asked my Sheikh permission to read it. Uh, I purchased it from uh, I purchased it from the marketplace, and I asked my Sheikh permission to read it, and he said, "Read it if you find benefit in it. You're 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 welcome to read it and keep reading it." And so I, I asked him a question. He, you know, I said, I said Sheikh, uh one of the things I noticed about this book is it describes a type of spiritual rigor. I don't think anyone really practices that anymore. I mean, people don't even talk about some of these things in the Majalas of Tasov anymore. And so he says to me, he goes, my brother, he said, people don't even uh, know Urdu anymore. It was in Pakistan. Right? He said, people here don't even know how to speak Urdu properly anymore. Um, how are they going to uh, uh, read anything in the old books? And if they can't read it, how are they going to enact it? So he says, read it as as much as you want to, as long as you feel benefit from reading it, you're more than welcome to read it. And the rest of it, if nothing else, you know, when some of those things are mentioned, uh, that imagine that a man, if he's praising Allah Ta'ala with His tongue, but through His own will, then that's considered to be lust. Unfortunately, that's what the old Masha'i called lust is like the piety of the people nowadays, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, we get a couple of benefits from this. One is if you think you're cool, uh, that kind of ends really quick, mashallah. And the second benefit is that, uh, um, you know, uh, if we feel overwhelmed that we couldn't do that, at least we can love the people who did. And the power of love is what closes the gap between the maqamat of people when their own means fail them. And the third is that, uh, you know, uh, maybe maybe some pious soul, uh, uh, its definitely not me, but maybe some pious soul, you know, they'll hear about these things. And then when they know what the target is, they can at least aim for it. And uh, maybe a thousand people will miss the mark, but one of them, by Allah's fadl, will hit it. And by the barakah of that one, you know, who knows how many people uh, Allah Ta'ala will will forgive and bring into Jannah with them uh, on the Day of Judgment. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.